From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Yes, you have found us. This is The Conspiracy Show. Albert is here running our HOA, Hangout on Air. And once again, if you want to join the live stream, uh, you can watch this radio program, watch the radio show on YouTube. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, at Richard, S-Y-R-E-T-T, and click on the tweet located at or near the top of the uh, feed, and it's uh, the one containing the big capital letters HOA, Hangout on Air. Just click on HOA, and you are in. And you can see me here in studio. I even trimmed my beard, put on uh, a fresh shirt, shined my glasses, put some product in my hair just for the occasion. <laughs> I do have some dirt under my fingernails, incidentally, however. I was, I'll try to keep those off of the webcam. <laughs> I was spreading some compost on the garden today, uh, and it was a cold, wet day for it, I tell you. And now, and, uh, for all of you gardeners out there, not that I'm really a, I'm kind of an amateur, um, I used to garden a little bit more, and now we're trying it again. We'll see how it goes. But uh, don't get too anxious. Uh, don't stick anything in the ground until after May 2-4, as we say here in Canada, the Victoria Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend in the U.S., because we are likely to see a few killing frosts uh, before that time. It is cold and damp in May. Uh, however, wherever you are, I hope the weather is fine. Uh, and speaking of spreading compost... Uh, we're going to talk U.S. politics uh, in just a few moments. Best-selling author, broadcaster, and the senior pastor from Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida, Carl Gallups, is with us. We'll we'll uh, run a number of things up the flagpole, including the rise of Donald J. Trump. You cannot ignore this story. It is historical. Love him or hate him, uh, or whether you're undecided, uh, you don't want to miss this conversation. And we'll also place a Trump within the context of biblical prophecy because um, Pastor Gallups has um, written another book. Uh, this one, his latest, and I believe it's it's uh, available in October, but you can do some pre-ordering now. We'll find out about that. But it's um, it's it promises to be another good one. And uh, it's called When the Lion Roars. Understanding the implications of ancient prophecies for our time. How does Donald Trump, Donald Trump, I <laughs> Donald Trump, Freudian slip? No. Uh, Donald J. Trump, how does he fit into that context, biblical prophecy? Uh, Ian Robertson is on the other side of the glass tonight, twisting the dials and knobs. Uh, just a reminder, Saturday, uh, next Saturday, that's May the 21st, I'll be hosting an event at the University of Toronto, Missing 411 Canada, author David Polites uh, will be presenting his uh, compelling and most disturbing research. Uh, Albert calls it just plain creepy. He's not sure he's going to go, right, Albert? He's just he's he's actually scared. Um, I don't know if you followed uh, David Polites. He's been on Coast to Coast many times, and he's written a series of books. This is number five on this whole um, missing 411 series: people that go missing in the national parks across North America. And we're not talking about well, someone fell down a sinkhole or. Uh, they just got lost in the woods and they were never found. 
they perished and maybe, you know, the remains were scattered by, uh, by animals or something. No, we are talking about a different kettle of fish entirely. These are very strange disappearances. Uh, you don't want to miss this event. Saturday, May 21st, and uh, I'll be emceeing and presenting uh, or introducing David, but this is a conspiracy culture presentation. Our dear friends Patrick and Kadena, and uh, you can find out more. Uh, just go to conspiracyculture.com. And you can order tickets right there online and follow and, and get all the information, uh, conspiracyculture.com. Uh, I also want to mention, for those uh, inclined, uh, there is on uh, that same date, Saturday, March, or Saturday, May the 21st, there's this, I don't know how extensive it is, it's, it's, it's throughout North America, I think, anyway, but there'll be one here in Toronto, the March Against Monsanto. Uh, but they're also marching against Dow and DuPont and, and, uh, and others. Uh, this is all about, you know, preserving the safety of our of our food supply and so forth. Very concerned about genetically modified uh, organisms. So the March Against Monsanto happening in Toronto, Saturday, May 21st. And um, if you want to check out what well, you could do, the march, and then you can and then you can stop by the U of T after you've marched and sit down and, and listen to David Pol- uh, Polites. Uh, incidentally, you can get more information on the march. Go to uh, march hyphen against hyphen monsanto.com www.march hyphen against hyphen monsanto.com all right you know the uh, the never trump crowd uh, are slowly coming around to the idea being dragged and uh, kicking and screaming nonetheless but uh, they're coming around finally they're realizing that Donald J Trump is going to be uh, the Republican nominee and barring some indictment, which is very possible, or coughing fit, uh, or other scandal, Donald will tra- uh, face off against the presumptive Democrat nominee, which is Hillary Clinton, of course. And um, again, love him or hate him, I believe we have to also come to grips with the fact that Donald Trump has a very real shot, despite what all the, the talking heads and the pundits are saying. Remember Carter versus Reagan. In 1980, Carter was way ahead in the polls. Reagan was dismissed as, a, as an outsider. And I believe he carried 49 out of 50 states. And, it, and that's how that, that race is won. It's state by state. You have to remember that. It's about the, uh, the Electoral College, state by state. So Trump has a genuine shot at becoming the next potus and commander-in-chief. So, we are going to talk about the rise of Trump and how he may just fit into biblical prophecy. Carl Gallups is the longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida. He's the author of a number of best-selling books, including Magic Man in the Sky. He's a conference leader, evangelist, Christian media icon, former law enforcement official, one of the founders of video teaching material to the world-famous P.P. Simmons YouTube ministry and a biblical apologetics channel. He's a graduate of Florida State University and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. His latest book is entitled When the Lion Roars, Understanding the Implications of Ancient Prophecies for Our Time. Carl, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. It's it's good to see you again, my friend. I, I miss not be I think it was about a year ago I was in Toronto with you. Uh, let's see. That w- it was not that long ago. It was was it, I think it was October, wasn't it? No, oh, no, no, no. You're right. No. Um, hmm. 
Richard, I don't know. <laughs> it's all a blur. We need, hey, we it's need all to a... do it again. Let me just say that. <laughs> Fair, you're right. You're right. Six months a year, who's counting? Yeah, that's right. It, but anyway, it's been a while, and uh, it's just great to see your face, to see you in studio, and, and I'm honored to be here with you and your audience tonight. Thank now, you for having me. Now, When the Lion Roars, understanding the implications of ancient prophecies for our time. It's not out until October, so I otherwise I'd hold right. up a copy in front of the webcam. But you, you're accepting pre-orders for that? Well... You know, I'm, I'm a little surprised that you're even mentioning this tonight uh, because I'm really not at liberty oh. from my publishers to talk about oh, it. Oh, my and, apologies. No, I was... that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I don't suppose you knew that, and and I I don't didn't know that you had access to all of that. Well, it's just, it's on your website, Carl. On my website? Uh, well, if you when you go to uh, about Carl Gallops on your website, oh, it takes you to your. Oh, it's probably on Amazon. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's okay. No, I'm not chastising you, my friend. I'm just. You better not be. You better not no, be. I certainly <laughs> am not. I know. I'm aware that uh, the publishers have put it on. Uh, I think Amazon and Books a Million and and, okay. and and those places. So I, I know that it's there, but um, I'm really not supposed to get into great detail about talking about it Enough until said. it gets a little closer to release. And you understand that. Enough said. Uh, but but yeah, but listen, it's it's on the internet. So you've given the the title, and that's correct. And I do think I saw the other day that the digital format is available for pre-order. Yes. The actual book format uh, won't be available for a couple of more months for pre-order. There you go. So the yes. digital, you can pre-order that. Uh, All I right. think that's correct. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. Then, in the meantime, of course, we have Be Thou Prepared, Equipping the Church for Persecution in the Times of Trouble, Yeah. Uh, the Rabbi Who Found Messiah, which continues... Yeah. Yeah, uh, to cause quite a commotion uh, yeah. around and the world. Final, and final and fi- warning as final well. Final warning. We talked yes. about that one. Yeah. Final warning. All right. Well, yeah. let's talk Trump here for a while. Okay. Um, my gosh, uh, I, as I say, love him or hate him, you cannot deny this man has changed politics in the United States, perhaps forever. And I think the change that is happening, again, separating the man from the change is a positive, a huge, a tremendous positive. People, he has managed to break the yoke uh, of the what I call the equestrian class, which has a, a hold on both parties. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. I couldn't have said it any better. I didn't know that's exactly what you were going to say, but um, if I were going to try to put it in eloquent terms, I would say exactly what you just said. He is a phenomenon, and separating the man from the phenomena. Uh, and the reason we say that, or at least the reason I'm saying that, and I suspect it's the same reason you're saying it, because I don't think you or I, neither one of us, are claiming that he's some kind of superman or superhero or that he's the best thing that's ever happened or that he is a a stellar guy in, in, in every aspect of his life. Uh, but but then who is, you know? What, mm. what, what candidate has ever been? Uh, but the point is, the point that you're making so eloquently is that what, a phenomena this is this has changed it will you're right it has changed politics in america forever and i think some of the reasons are it has brought well listen it has exposed what people like you and i have been called conspiracy theorists about for years but it has exposed it as absolute fact we now have the establishment on both sides of the aisle in the united states proclaiming publicly early on in the Trump phenomena when there was this great panic that this guy who wasn't who was supposed to just be a joke he was supposed to be a clown you know everybody was making fun of him but he 
profoundly defeated, what was it, 17 people in the Republican field? Yes, and, and rose to the top, and not only rose to the top, but rose to the top with this huge majority among the Republicans and, and, and the Electoral College and the raw millions of people voting for him. So this meteoric rise panicked the establishment on both sides of the aisle. And what I have been saying for years, and I suspect you probably have suspected the same thing, if not have said it, and that is is that through the, through the decades, more and more Americans had come to believe that there really wasn't a dime's worth of difference between the establishment Republicans and the establishment Democrats. In fact, um, I've had several guests on my program uh, say, uh, people who are in the, in the Beltline loop, saying that, you know, presidents in the United States are not really elected, they are selected. Correct. And I have, you know, and people have been saying that, and I've been trying to help people understand the truth behind that, and of course, you know, I was called a conspiracy theorist and a tinfoil hat and a sensationalist, and, you know, I was just trying to, to uh, you, you know, upset people. But now, because of the Donald Trump phenomena, America has heard with their own ears the establishment elite, the party elite, declaring in front of the cameras with arrogance, with anger, just a few months ago, that we don't care what the votes are. We select the candidates. You know, we, I mean, so that really caught the attention of a lot of Americans. That was certainly brought home during the New Hampshire primary when yeah. Bernie Sanders, <clears throat> although he won in terms of the popular vote, he actually lost uh, because of this phenomenon known as superdelegates. Uh, so Hillary Clinton won more delegates from New Hampshire. That's how she's being catapulted to, to the position of the presumptive nominee as, uh, as the Demo for the Democrats exactly. based on the superdelegates because Bernie has won something like 21 primaries. And then we had the head of the DNC, uh, Wasserman, actually go on uh, mainstream media and declare superdelegates are designed to prevent a populist uprising from electing someone like Bernie Sanders, so that the basically she was saying so that the elites can can can, can maintain control over the the selection process. We had someone admitting that. Yeah. Very telling. All right, we'll uh, take a time out. Carl Gallup stays with us. We'll talk about the rise of Trump right here on the Conspiracy Show. Do not go away. The truth is not out there; it's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Carl Gallups is with us, the author of Be Thou Prepared, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, Final Warning, The Magic Man in the Sky, longtime senior pastor at the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church uh, in Florida. And uh, we are talking about the rise of Trump. Uh, you know, I don't even think we can call it the Republican Party anymore. It's the Trump Party. And because so many of his positions, uh, you know, they are not... Uh, some might call him a kind of a Rockefeller uh, East Coast Republican because he's somewhat socially liberal. He's very socially liberal, actually. Um, and then he's, you know, he's not a free trader, so he's not against, uh, or he's he's against a lot of these uh, foreign entanglements and and things like the Trans-Pacific Partnership and even the North America Free Trade. Uh, which which means he's going to attract a lot of sort of the old you know the Reagan Democrats and 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 this, so this is going to be very interesting. But would you concur that that the the Republican Party, the Bush Republican Party, um, the the Mitt Romney Republican Party, it's dead and gone. It's now the Trump Party. Yeah, 
No, I would concur. I mean, that's where we are in American history right now, for better or for worse. Um, but we, you, you know, for those of us, and, and of course I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor and I come from a biblical worldview, um, so therefore I'm, I'm, I'm pretty conservative <laughs> socially, etc. Um, and, and for those of us that are social conservatives, uh, you, you know, listen, here's the choice we're faced with. Short of, 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 as you said earlier, something happening like an indictment or something along those lines. It, it, and, and, I mean, you know, God forbid anything happening to any of the candidates. I mean, six months from now, that's, that's still a long time. But, but short of anything strange happening, uh, it's going to be between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now, people like myself in the United States, and there are millions of us, um, who are active uh, voters. We engage the system. We speak. We vote. Uh, we get involved. For people like us, uh, this go-round, Donald Trump is our only answer. Uh, he's, he's not the perfect candidate for those of us that are staunchly conservative. Uh, he certainly leaves a lot to be desired in some of the social areas, as you said. But um, we are extremely concerned with the eight years that we've had under Obama and some of the absolutely ludicrous, ridiculous social experimentation that is being uh, leveled upon our culture. The latest, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard about the decree coming out of Washington commanding all public schools to open restrooms in the public school with our children. Uh, to transgenders, and, and not only that, but to uh, the locker rooms and showers. A lot of people don't know that, but that was in the decree as well, and that, uh, and that the school officials are not allowed to ask any questions, to ask for any identification. Just if some man says, I feel like a woman today, he can go into a restroom in a public school with, with little girls for example. These kinds of things are just uh, absolutely offending the sensibility of the vast majority of America in huge ways. Well, and, never, it, and it, you take you know, a transgendered people out of the equation, it gives license to someone who's not transgendered to use course. that as cover to slip into uh, a, um, a restroom. And we had a recent incident, it was published on World Net Daily, the story of a man who went into a, a, a restroom I believe it was in a restaurant, and they found him choking an eight-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly this right. This is the I mean, issue. Yeah. No, it's insane. It defies sensibility because because there are people. I mean, it's not the majority of our population, thank God, but there there are people who will use and abuse this uh, beyond the, the stretch of our imagination. And, and it just goes beyond sensibility. So, so the point being, I mean, we can talk about all this if you'd like as well. I was using it as an illustration of just one of the examples of, of why millions of us out here in the heartland of the United States of America are saying, look, if we have to choose between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, then Donald Trump is the no-brainer because Hillary Clinton is, well, you know, she falls in the Obama camp. In fact, some people have said she may wind up being Obama on steroids, you know, because she, she is in that same ultra-left liberal wing and has been uh, for all, all, all of her life. And so Donald Trump, even though he is socially liberal in some areas, he still is speaking to the heart of America. And I think this is why he's become such a phenomenon. He says, look, I want to guard our borders. I want to 
to protect our our culture. Um, you know, I'm going to build the wall. I know that offends some people, but look, the the Pope who's telling us you shouldn't build a wall. Well, the Vatican has one of the largest walls around its borders than any nation state in, in the world. They have some of the toughest border restrictions and immigration restrictions. The, the hypocrisy of this just stinks to high heaven. The United States of America can't defend its borders. We can't stop illegals from flooding over by the millions. Well, of course, that defies sensibility. And Donald Trump is speaking that. He's saying, look, I will stop this insanity. On top of that, Richard, as you know, ISIS is bragging daily of what it's doing in Europe and what it is doing in the United States, using these border crises as uh, a Trojan horse for getting its operatives in here. Our own FBI has already published reports saying that they are tracking ISIS cells in all 50 states in the United States of America. That's insanity. We're relocating refugees, Muslim immigrants and refugees, all over our nation in pockets by the tens of thousands from the Middle East under this Obama regime. Hillary Clinton basically promises to continue that and more. One of the things that I find somewhat ironic is, and for those who found his call for a temporary, he said a temporary ban on Muslim immigration, uh, for those non-American Muslims into the country, just a temporary until we can figure out how we can vet these people. Uh, people forget that uh, Jimmy Carter, and that's, he was about as left-wing a president as you could get, uh, in 1979 banned Iranians, yeah. Iranians from coming into the United States. Of course, this in the aftermath of the hostage uh, 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 um, situation. Right. So, I mean, there is precedent for this. Yes, not only did he ban them, Richard, but he shipped thousands of them out of here. Um, during that Iranian uh, hostage crisis, banned Muslims from entering the country. This was, you know, one of the one of the, one of the most left-wing liberal Democrat presidents we've had in my lifetime up until Barack Obama. So, you know, you're absolutely right, and 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 you know, a Canadian, you know more more about American history than a lot of Americans seem to know, and so people are castigating Donald Trump for saying what. To me and to many millions, obviously, makes perfect common sense, and that is we don't hate Muslims. We don't hate immigrants. America was built on immigration, legal immigration. But we do not want our borders to be porous and open and lawless because the lawless people will take advantage of it. The terrorists, our enemies. I mean, what nation in its right mind? A nation without borders is no nation at all. And, of course, there are the globalists who desire to do that to the United States of America. And I'm telling you, if it happens to the United States of America, Canada is in dire straits as well, and you know that. Certainly. Canada and the United States, we are, we are cousins. We are sisters, if you will, in this. We are brothers, however you want to couch the terms. We, we are dependent upon one another. Well, a and, wall isn't going to be 100% effective, obviously. They're no. discovering tunnels all the time sure. of all, from all the way up into, into, into San Diego and so forth. But one of the things that it will also do uh, is, uh, it, again, it's not, gonna, it's not the cure-all, but it is going to seriously 
stem the flow of illegal drugs into the United States from Central America and and uh, and Mexico. And right. and, and uh, for someone who's been to places like New Hampshire uh, and and is aware of the, the the heroin epidemic in beautiful, picturesque, pastoral New Hampshire, mm-hmm. it is a, an ab- it's out of control heroin addiction. Yeah. Uh, and and so that is you know another possible benefit of the wall. And maybe Trump needs to sort of uh, focus. Well, he has been hammering away at that point as well, but it's it's yeah. largely ignored. You know, the other moment I thought Trump, maybe one the one moment when he was absolutely presidential, and people are being, you know, even his own daughter saying, you've got to be more presidential. Uh, and that was when he delivered, uh, and it was an actual prepared speech uh, on his sort of vision of American foreign policy moving forward. I don't know if you saw that speech, uh, but... Here's where he is really distancing himself from Hillary. Hillary, yes, she's very socially liberal, left of center on many issues. But when it comes to foreign policy, she is in lockstep, as is Obama, with the Bush uh, and the Clinton uh, regimes prior. Uh, they are two heads of the war party. Uh, and, and, uh, and Trump is insisting a totally new direction, not isolationist, but more non-interventionist, back, taking the United States back. Uh, to a time before the Second World War, no more, he said, are we going to be in the nation-building business. And to me, this is such a fresh, a breath of fresh air. We've never had a Democrat or a, or a Republican nominee talking like this. And again, this is not a Republican speaking. This is the, tr- the head of the Trump party. Yes. No, I agree. And and as you have uh, so aptly noted in the, in, in the beginning of this, uh, this time tonight, that... Uh, this is resonating. It's resonating from coast to coast. It's re- resonating through the American heartland. Many, many millions of people are coming on board that no one expected to. I mean, there are Democrats that are that are saying, you know, look, look, we're voting for Trump. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's invigorated the Republican Party again. It, surely there are people that are that are, you know, concerned, hardline conservative, hardline. Evangelicals who are just saying, "I just, I just can't vote for either one of these people." You, you know, you've got that, but the, but, but what you have is an absolute phenomena, as you said, that's changing American politics probably forever. Because this guy is out of the beltway; he is out of the establishment. That's why the establishment hates him so badly. By the way, here in a few moments, I have a perfect, I think, illustration of why there's that vitriolic hatred for Donald Trump from the establishment. But let me just say, just think about what Donald Trump is saying. Now again, I'm 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 going to his rhetoric. I'm I'm separating that from the man and any kind of faults he may have. And I'm just saying, listen to his platform. I want to listen to his motto. I want to make America great again. I'm going to tell you that resonates. We, for the last eight years, much of the heartland of America feels like um, America has, well, well, Obama promised. He said, I'm going to fundamentally transform America. Well, he's kept that promise. You know, a lot of people accuse Obama of being this horrific liar. Well, he, here is one area where he has, he has stuck by his guns, told the truth. He has fundamentally transformed America. And, and most people uh, uh, do not feel like it has been for the good. So along comes Donald Trump, Richard, and he says, we're going to make America great again. You know, whatever that means, but it's going to be great again. Americans want to hear that. The second thing he says, I'm going to build a wall, and I'm going to make Mexico pay for it, the, one of the worst offenders to this. And we're going to get a grip on legal 
sane immigration. Then he says, I'm going to bring America's corporations back. I'm going to strengthen, re-strengthen the military again. We're going to strengthen the economy. And he tells us how and how he plans on doing it. And then he comes up with this foreign policy that you were referring to. People, I'm telling you, Richard, this is resonating. And It's also very dangerous. Do what? It's also very dangerous what he's what he's uh, you know putting out there. I mean, I do. I God forfend anything were to happen to him or Hillary, as you say. But I, I fear for Donald Trump, particularly when it comes to foreign policy, because again, uh, Obama, Clinton, Bush—it's a continuum. It's a, and the, the United States system is based on continuity. That's what it's designed to preserve continuity, especially in foreign policy. Yeah. And when Clinton called, or when when Trump called them out on, you know, the, the fact that the foreign policy in the Middle East is a complete disaster, almost by design. He hinted at it. They couldn't have planned it better had they tried, and maybe they did right. to totally destabilize the Middle East. Right. He nailed them on that. Both parties. Right. He did. And there are many of us who believe that it probably was by design which is another reason why so many people are wanting to get on the Trump bandwagon, even Democrats, Richard, even Democrats. All right, when we come back, let's uh, let's look into uh, Scripture and see, is there anything in there that might point to this moment in history and the rise of Donald J. Trump? Could there be something, for example, in Final Warning, the seven Trumpets? Trump? Trumpets? See where I'm going? All right. Back with more of my conversation with Carl Gallups. The website, carlgallups.com, G-A-L-L-U-P-S, Carl, C-A-R-L, C-A-R-L, gallups.com. Stay with us right here. Don't go away. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. The rise of Donald J. Trump. How to explain this phenomenon? I um, I would point to Newton's third law, uh, an equal and opposite reaction. And what is the e- uh, equal and opposite reaction? What is it reacting to, the, this phenomenon? Well, it is reacting to uh, decades of uh, things like political correctness. And we had a parallel here in, in, in this fair city with uh, with our mayor, our late mayor, Rob Ford. Uh, who was even rougher around the edges than Donald Trump, if that's possible, uh, but he certainly was and had the same kind of populist appeal that cut across the political spectrum. It was no longer about right and left and conservative and liberal. Um, he was a deeply flawed individual, but he, he spoke uh, in such you know, plain language of the street, and uh, this had a, a, a tremendous appeal. Uh, and the same thing is happening with with Trump. And again, this this brash, uh, at at times vulgar, uh, presentation is an equal and opposite reaction to decades of stifling, odious uh, political correctness. I have witnessed it on college campuses, university campuses. It's quite frightening. Uh, what is happening? You know, the the old saying: the slave becomes the tyrant. Uh, well, there was a, there obviously was a time when uh, people who had a particular viewpoint were perhaps maligned and abused by the other side. And now, I guess my, my, some might say, "Well, turnabout is fair play," but it's it's come back in, in ten times as bad. Uh, talk. This is like the new McCarthy era, but this time, 
Uh, it's, you know, imagine a, uh, a left-wing liberal legion of Roy Cohns and uh, Senator Joe McCarthy. That's what we have uh, running amok now in all of our institutions. And, uh, and as I say, Donald Trump, I think this in part explains the phenomenon. He is the um, manifestation of Newton's third law. All right, uh, Carl Gallups is uh, with us, carlgallops.com. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, longtime senior pastor, Hickory Hammock Baptist Church, is is any of this this Trump phenomena to be found in Scripture? Well, listen, let me answer it like this, Richard. And before we went to break, you, you, you said something about you know the name Trump, and, and I've written a book called Final Warning, Understanding the Trumpet Days of Revelation, and you mm-hmm. laughed and said, see where I'm going with that? See, Well, you know, it's funny. Um, no, I don't make a connection to his name, his last name, to the trumpet uh, re- the, 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 the trumpet judgments, if you will, or the, the trumpet uh, uh, prophecies in the book of Revelation. But it's funny because, you know, if you get on Facebook, you get on Twitter, you get on social media, and you see people kind of making fun of that, making light of that, saying, well, you know, maybe he's the last Trump. You know, in other words, what they're saying is maybe he is America's last chance. Maybe he's America's last warning from God. Not not that God would use Donald Trump to be the savior of America. I don't think anybody thinks that. But but it's like, look, you've got a choice here. Trump kind of represents nationalism, making America great again. Hillary represents Obama, Clinton, Bush, globalism, and this kind of this one world orderish kind of thing. Uh, and you, you, Trump kind of represents not perfectly, but he, in a lot of the things he says, he represents a return to a respect for our heritage and our foundation, our Judeo-Christian foundation, and 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 he represents a return to some sort of maybe social sanity, uh, some return to some sort of respect for Israel, whereas. Hillary represents the exact opposite of that. So if those things are true, then people are saying, you know, this may be in our lifetime and perhaps forever America's last chance. Again, not that I don't think I, I don't think anybody. I know I'm not looking at Donald Trump as the great savior of America, but just looking at it, you know, kind of prophetically. Now. My next book coming out, which I'm not at liberal to speak a lot about, but it's it's entitled uh, it's titled When the Lion Roars. That comes from Amos chapter three, verse seven and eight. It's a you know a prophecy in the Old Testament that basically says I'm going to paraphrase. I don't have it in front of me, but it basically says, look, when the trumpet blows in the city, has not God sounded the alarm? When the lion roars, who can help but prophesy? And, of course, the lion being the voice of God. And, of course, the lion of Judah, Jesus Christ himself, the ultimate fulfillment of the word of God. So the, so the, so the, the context of that verse and the title of the book is, look, the lion is roaring. And I start in that book with when Israel returned in 1948. There is no prophetic or biblical doubt about it. That's when the clock of prophecy started ticking. And I take it from there and come all the way up to where we are now. Yes, even in this election season. And And I bring out the astounding, and this is as far as I can go with my description of it tonight. I'm so sorry, Richard. But I bring out astounding prophetic fulfillments. 
that have happened since the return of Israel, but particularly that have happened just in the last 5, 10, 15 years at the most that are in the Scriptures that speak exactly to the days in which we're living. Now, later on I can come on your show and we can go through those things specifically, but the point is I believe and many, many millions of Americans and American Christians believe that we're living in extremely prophetic times, Richard. Now, how Donald Trump, the man, may or may not tie into that, I don't know. But I do know one thing. He has awakened America to a lot of things. As I said in the beginning of the show, first of all, he has shown just his presence and his meteoric rise and the reaction of the establishment elite to him he has shown what many, many millions of Americans had suspected for decades. Now we heard the elite tell us, you don't pick the presidents, we do. We don't care what your votes are. And I'm telling you what, that brought down a firestorm upon the establishment elite. It freaked them out. And they've pretty much had to back up and zip their lips. They've pretty much been acquiescing to the, to the firestorm that they brought down when they just arrogantly and boldly and angrily came forward and basically said, we don't want Donald Trump. We don't care who you want. We're going to main this, maintain the status quo. Well, so, it, it, it's, yeah. we'll take a time out, Carl, when we come back. I want to pursue that idea, though, about you know God uh, choosing leaders. Yes. Uh, and and who he chooses sometimes, uh, you know. Look at look at David, King David, yeah. a murderer, adulterer, a deeply flawed individual. Uh, but and, and sometimes, you know, God chooses people like that. Mm-hmm. Why not Donald J. Trump? As mm-hmm. flawed as he is, we'll uh, discuss when we come back. Carl Gallup's my guest. Be thou prepared, the Rabbi who found Messiah. Final warning. Back with more. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. The Rise of Trump. That is the uh, topic du jour. And Carl Gallups is with us, senior pastor, Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Florida, the author of uh, a number of bestsellers, including Final Warning and um, uh, Be Thou Prepared, uh, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. Uh, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Doesn't that tell us that God ultimately chooses who our leaders will be? Yeah, Richard, that's an excellent question. It's been debated by theologians for thousands of years. I think the answer to it is yes and no. And let me, I'm not walking the fence, I promise you. I want to give you a solid theological answer to that. We have to be very careful if we proclaim that the Scriptures proclaim in context that God just chooses who he wants. If that's the case, then why do we do anything? Why are we held accountable for our choices? Why, why should we even get involved? Why does Jesus command us to be the salt and the light and then chastise us as telling us if the salt loses its saltiness, then it will just be trampled underfoot and it's worthless? And so we're commanded in the Scriptures to be involved. Um, the book of James tells us, look, faith without works is dead. You know, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So, so here we are, when, those, when that scripture was written in Romans chapter 13 is the one you quoted, um, and then there's, there's a, a sister verse to it, I think in Second Peter, First Peter, I can't remember, but anyway, um, when those passages were written, they were written under the Roman Empire. Uh, the early Christians had no opportunity to be engaged in the system. They couldn't vote. They couldn't run for office. 
they were under the auspices and or, or the direction and the, and the authority of the of the Caesars and 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 the Roman Senate and the powers that be, and particularly those who were a part of the conquered people in the Roman Empire. So the point of that scripture, the context of that scripture is, look, ultimately God's got this. Yes, ultimately, Richard, that's why I said yes and no. Ultimately, he is sovereign. He uses who he chooses, and he uses them how he wishes. He can use a pharaoh who he may or may not have actually put in place, uh, and, and he, can, he can use King Nebuchadnezzar to proclaim his glory, as he did. Um, can he appoint, yes, in the nation of Israel, did he... Uh, speak to the heart of the priest Samuel and say, David is the one I have chosen? Yes, he did. Um, the people chose Saul. Uh, so, so you've got, you know, it, it, the pendulum swings. We have to be very careful to say, well, God's just going to put the person in, you know, he wants. So therefore, you know, the people of God, Christians, etc., in America, you don't even have to go to the polls to vote. Well, that's what gave us two terms of Barack Obama, because tens of millions of Christians admitted that they were so distraught over the whole political affairs of those days that they didn't even bother to register to vote. And of the tens of millions who did register to vote, less than 50% of them actually went to the polls. And, of course, then what happened was is the, the leftist agenda, those, those people did go out to the polls, and they overwhelmed what could have been perhaps a completely different turn of events. And so that's why we are where we are now with a uh, Supreme Court ruling, gay marriage, uh, the transgender bathroom issues, the targeting of Christians and Christian business people and Christian pastors by a radical runaway homosexual movement in America. I mean, all of that came out of, I believe, tens of millions of Christians disengaging from the system. So here we are in America now, several thousand years after those scriptures written, don't you know when Paul wrote Romans 13, for example, he would have given his right arm to have the freedom that we have in America to be involved, to get involved, to be engaged, to speak to the government, to redress the government, to run for office, to, to vote for people who you think might best represent protection for the Christian uh, way of life and, 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 and the history and heritage of our nation. Wonder what the early Christians living in the Roman Empire would think of tens of millions of American Christians saying, you know what, we're just going to opt out because you know God chooses whoever he wants anyway. So I think there's a real balance to the context of that. But you're right, though, Richard, and that is God is sovereign, and he can, he can certainly use a Donald Trump, who is less than a perfect stellar guy. But again, when I say that, I'm not really trashing the man. I mean, I don't want to sit in judgment of who is perfect. I mean, was Bill Clinton? He sang in the choir at Little Rock, Arkansas, Emanuel Church. Was Jimmy Carter perfect? He, he taught Sunday school at, at Plains, Georgia Baptist Church, two of the most liberal uh, presidents we've had. One of them turned out to be very godless and a, and a, and, and a sexual deviant uh, in the White House. So, I mean, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, he turned out to be a pretty godly fellow used by God, and, and, but, but he admitted in the New York Times, he and his wife admitted they regularly used astrology charts to determine their daily schedules. Um, you, you know, I mean, we could go on and on with this. The point is, can God use a Donald Trump for such a time as this? Yes, he can, and millions of Americans believe that he will. And so we shall see. All right, let's grab a quick call here. Uh, we have Sean, who's here in Toronto. Sean, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Go ahead. 
Oh, ho, uh, Pastor Gallup. I, I wonder what you make of this most recent development where the billionaire Sheldon Adelson is uh, now having meetings with Trump and is uh, tentatively pledging to contribute at least $100 million to his campaign now that we're entering the presidential campaign proper just in the month to come. Now, this this would definitely undercut any claims to independence that Trump has has had so far and that has endeared him to a lot of people. Um, even not that long ago, maybe four months or so ago, during the earliest primaries, uh, Trump was ridiculing people such as Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, saying that uh, Adelson would contribute to uh, a great deal of money to their campaigns. They, they were no better. He was just simply fashioning them to be his puppets. That's an excellent point. So, Carl, yeah. should Trump turn down uh, this money? I mean, he can't turn down the endorsement. An endorsement is, is, is one thing, but the Correct. money, and Trump clearly, he doesn't need it. He, I mean, he, he has spent very little money. This is a, an entirely a television campaign. He has no infrastructure on the ground. He doesn't need it. That's the other thing that's revolutionary about this. But should he turn down... Uh, turn down the uh, that contribution. He also has a rather pernicious ideology, and he has, uh, for quite a long time now, been uh, financing various people in the Senate and Congress. Uh, and he, okay, he I got the point. Let let Carl get... respond here, if we could, Sean. Yeah. Let me get Carl's sorry, take on it. Thank sorry, you for the call. Sorry. No worries, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sean, thank you so much for listening tonight, and I'm honored that you called in, and thank you for asking me that question. Very astute observation, Sean. And it's raised a lot of eyebrows, I can tell you that, as an American down here <laughs> listening to Americans talk about this and, and watching the news. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm following this very closely. Uh, Richard, you asked, should he turn it down? Well, if Donald Trump's listening tonight and if he wants to use me as his campaign manager in this or advisor, yes, he should turn it down. I mean, as you said, he can't turn down the end- – I mean, you can't stop somebody from endorsing you, but – you're right. He One of the hallmarks, one of the foundation planks of his popularity has been, look, I'm not beholden to anyone. I'm not taking big money, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars from anybody. I'm a billionaire. I can handle this. I want the heartland. I, if you want to give five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, that's fine. But I don't need the ten million dollar or the hundred million dollar donations. I don't need this. I don't want to be connected like that. That is what has endeared him, as you said, Richard. So this is going to be interesting to watch this unfold. You're right. He ridiculed Rubio and Cruz for uh, aligning or attempting to align with this guy and people like him, and now. The headlines are carrying that Donald Trump may be in the throes of doing the same thing. Now, we also have to take into consideration, Richard, that, you know, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes here. I mean, this could be a a whole attempt to set Trump up for um, uh, people pulling away from him, just setting him up for a fall. I don't know that, and I'm, I'm just... Listen, I've been down the road enough now. I've been through enough presidential elections. I've been immersed in this one, watching all the little fine-tuning and dynamics of it. And I'm telling you, I smell a rat here, Richard. And I don't know if the rat is in the Trump campaign or if it's in the camp of those looking to undermine him. You're right. It could be, be it could be a, a entrapment. Uh, yes. Someone from the establishment yes. trying to lure Trump inside yes. uh, so they can control him. Yes. Which is why I say, 
he he shouldn't take it. He doesn't need to. He's built his campaign on the fact that he wouldn't or hasn't. And I would say at this point, don't step into that trap. Now, there may be a whole lot about this that I don't know, and I could be dead wrong in my assessment, but I'm answering Sean's question as he asks it tonight, and that would be my advice to Trump tonight. I would agree. I mean, for those that have uh, supported Trump because that he is refusing uh, to take uh, money from from the various lobby groups. If if I mean, if he were to come out publicly and state on CNN or Fox when he's on Hannity, Sean Hannity, and say, "Thank you very much for the endorsement, but I will not accept a dime." Right. There, there's another five points up to in the polls. Oh, yeah. I'd say at least. Oh but yeah. Speaking, I, I agree. Speaking, I agree. Speaking of political contributions, I mean, we just have a minute or two here, but uh, um, nobody in the mainstream media, surprise, surprise, talking about reports that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton accepted. $100 million in contributions uh, from the various Gulf uh, sheiks. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. me, if this is, I mean, what, what do you hear, what do you know? Is there any credence to the story? Yeah, well, listen, listen, there, there, there's got to be credence to it, whether or not the actual figure is correct, because it is a long-established and well-known fact that the Clintons and the Bushes are deeply tied to Saudi money and to Saudi powers. They're deeply tied to the Muslim Brotherhood. We know that Uma Abedin, her her chief of staff, you know, has deep ties to the Muslim Brotherhood and to Saudi Arabia and to Saudi oil. And so, so it, this is not shocking to most Americans. It is, as you said, shocking, surprise, surprise, that the mainstream media makes very little of it, while at the same time they want to herald the fact that Donald Trump might be getting ready to take what could be deemed a legitimate <laughs> donation of, of about the same amount from someone else. But uh, so, yeah, I, this, but this is the stuff, this is the stuff, Richard, that has so many millions of people on both sides of the aisle turning to a Donald Trump in this day and time. And that's why I'm saying I'm kind of holding my breath on this this latest thing that Sean called about, because this is a strange turn of events. It's going to be interesting. Now, you know, Donald Trump is brilliant businessman. This is my conspiracy. I just thought of it a few moments ago. But what if Donald Trump has set all of this up so he can turn him down and come out like a knight (laughs) in shining armor and get five-point boost in the ratings? Well, he is quite a chess player. There's no question about that. Carl? It is going to be a wild ride. It's, if nothing else, uh, I can't vote, obviously, in your election, but it's a great spectator sport. Thank you so much, my friend. Richard, thank you. God bless you. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for your great listeners as well. Enjoyed it. My pleasure. CarlGallops.com. StrangePlanet.ca is your portal to this radio program, StrangePlanet.ca. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, Richard S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T, and as always, follow the truth. Thank you.